0: Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at Keep It localmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Garrett Gordon from Dump Guy Junk Removal. Garrett started his company in 2002 with friend Jason Gilpatrick after being asked multiple times to haul various items away. 20 years later, the company has grown and thrived in Southern Maine with an expanding fleet of vehicles and roster of employees. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: You are a Maine business, a Maine business. That means you're the backbone of our community and a force for good in Maine. At Gorham Savings Bank, we think you deserve a bank that sees your business as more than a balance sheet. Every Maine business deserves that kind of bank. Call, click, or come by to learn how we can help your business thrive. You're a Maine business. We're a Maine bank. Let's get to work. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. Member FDIC. Member FDIC. Welcome to the show, Garrett. We're so glad to have you here today. Hey, likewise. Thanks a lot. This is exciting. I love what you guys do, so I, I am excited to be able to tell people more about what you do. So tell us, you didn't originally set out to get into junk removal. So can you tell us how you got the idea to start this company?
2: I was mowing lawns back in like 02 and 3 And mm-hmm. a lot of the times in the winter, especially, or just because I had a trailer, people would ask me, You know, if I'd haul stuff away and I didn't Mm -hmm. really think much of it and I, you know, I'd do it, but I didn't really think much of it. And at the same time, I had a, I had a pretty successful DJ business. So that was kind of my main source of income at the time. Mm -hmm. So I got, I actually got sick of the lawn, sold the lawn business and started, uh, you know, just focusing on the DJing. But I found myself, you know, pulling my hair out during the day because I was so bored. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, got a truck and a trailer and I, you know, put a few ads out. For junk removal, just thinking it would be something to do, and it blew up really fast. Wow. Yeah.
0: I think it's pretty much when you you buy a pickup truck, it's almost like (laughs) there's a signal that goes out Mm -hmm. to everyone around you. It's one of the reasons why I don't want to get a pickup truck, even though I really want one, is that then everybody's like, oh, I sense a disturbance in the forest. Someone... Near me has a pickup truck, and I've got stuff to move.
1: Pretty much.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They want you to move or help throw stuff away or plow the driveway or whatever you can do. Yep.
0: Yeah. That, so I didn't know about the DJ.
1: That is so cool. I oh, yeah, had yeah. no I had a, idea. I
2: started in like
0: high school, and I,
2: at one point I had like seven sets of stuff. So during like the spring and fall, especially, you know, I it would be me and you know five six or six other guys going out and DJing different high school dances in the area.
0: Oh wow, wow that's so cool. I had no idea. That's yeah. that is awesome. So yeah. Tell so us. that was like
2: I was that was like my main source of income at the time, but I I I started this dump guy just literally to have something to do during the week.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. That's hilarious.
0: From DJ to dump guy. That's yeah. that oh, yeah. is not your normal. Yeah. So kind I of gotta path.
1: ask. So I gotta ask uh, with the DJ stuff. So what was your favorite type of thing to do? Was it weddings? Was it you know high school dances? What was your favorite type of events to do?
2: I hated the weddings. The weddings were so boring <laughs> to me. The <laughs> first like two or three hours, you're playing cocktail music, and then you have like this real high stress scenario where you're like announcing the whole bridal party. You got to mm-hmm. pronounce the names right while you're like playing trying to like move, so pick the song that they want for the introduction. Like, you don't, you can't like mess anything up. So yeah. it's uh, yep. there's a lot of pressure at the weddings. Yep. Plus, at that time, you know, I was in my early and mid twenties, so like most mm-hmm. of the people were older than me, so it was a lot more intimidating.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas
2: the high school dances would be easy. You go in, you play, like, pop for the music. Everyone's dancing, everyone's having a good time, and you just kind of like, like, it was just everything. It was kind of my niche. That was like kind of yeah. what I was like, was I was yeah. the best at. It. It yeah I can sexy.
0: totally relate to that as someone who was in a band and did some weddings. and i I was I was an emotional wreck afterwards mm-hmm. even though the it was it paid better than a normal gig i was always worried I'm like i don't want to be the thing that people are talking about in their 20th anniversary like oh you remember that band oh my <laughs> gosh that was a nightmare oh i totally understand what you mean with that yeah, yeah it was a lot it was a lot of a lot of pressure i mean the high school dancers had a little bit of pressure because you
2: wanted to keep them dancing but like that it was a lot easier to keep those kids dancing than it is at a wedding it's it's,
1: mm-hmm. it, it's
0: tough yeah 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 definitely so
1: going from dj to dump removal oh my gosh i gotta imagine that that dump removal is such gratification like it you it must seem like it, it, it that has to feel good
2: oh it's so much better you're moving around there's no like it's during the day there's no like it's just it's just, it's just fun you know you're exerting a lot more energy there's, there's no stress it's, it's a lot easier yeah
1: and you're accomplishing something each day so it's just Correct. it's that's that's so cool
0: yeah, and yes. especially the fact that if you break something, well, it's, okay. it's already
1: it's already <laughs> heading out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you get the occasional people, like, you know, having a bunch of guys now and stuff. You get the occasional thing that gets broken that's not supposed to. But uh, yeah, oh, for the most yeah. part, that's it's it's you're yeah. getting paid to break stuff.
1: That's amazing. It,
0: hmm, I might I might need to do a career change because. <laughs> Quite honestly, that is, iron Garrett. that is that has always been one of my skills is I've been able to break things really well, either intentionally or unintentionally. So maybe I'm missing my true calling here. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to exert some uh, to release some anger. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, these days, uh, recycling, reusing, upcycling, all of these are, are very popular terms and, and kind of uh, ways to repurpose things. How much of what you haul off gets recycled?
2: Well, all the, all the metal does, because, you know, we can get some salvage money for all the metal. So any, mm-hmm. any metal, copper, aluminum, car batteries, wire, all that stuff gets recycled. Uh, as far as the other stuff, a lot of the transfer stations, they, they separate any wood and cardboard that comes in there. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty
2: much anything else goes to the landfill. But if we mm-hmm. use EcoMaine, uh, EcoMain's in Portland, a lot of our stuff goes there. They actually burn that stuff, but when they burn it, it creates energy. So I think... I think EcoMain mm-hmm. actually provides 10% of the electricity to Cumberland County. Oh, that's wow. That's so cool. From burning I of trash,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Hmm. So tell us, like, what are some of the services that you provide so that people know?
2: We can haul anything away that's not asbestos or won't blow up. Um, so we can <laughs> do anything from if you have, if you just had Christmas and you have a bunch of boxes of, tra- of cardboard and bags, we can come pick those up. If you have one couch, we can come pick that up. If you have a parent that was a hoarder and they were 80 years old living in Lyman and they and they died and you need 20 guys there for two days to clean the whole place out, we can do that too. Wow.
1: Yeah, we've used you. I mean, you guys have been great. I know we've used you on multiple times and I love that, that, you know, it's, even like you said, even if it's one item, if it's a couch or something like that. Um, you want to have someone take it away you guys can do that so that's it's so cool that that you provide all those services
2: yeah and we do some light teardowns too like we do uh, shed garage and mobile home teardowns mm-hmm. um, we haul away boats and campers and cars as well So wow. we do some heavy stuff. hot tops yeah bo- uh, boilers and oil tanks we do all that stuff
0: oh so the i'm imagining like the the limits for the teardown sort of stuff is whatever you can do kind of by hand without having to bring in you know, machinery.
2: We have we have we have too many excavators actually. So whatever oh, no. we can do with a mini excavator, like we can't tear down a big building because it's uh it would be too high for us. But we can do like a one level. You know, we can do like mobile homes, single level homes, garages, stuff like that. We just can't do anything that's like really big and tall. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, Kim. This is, this is starting to sound more and more like something I want to do because I've always wanted to run one of those things too. This would be like so many this dreams fulfilled. This will be fulfilled. your next
1: career. This will be your next career.
0: I, 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 I might, this might be the final podcast with Kim and Todd on it. It'll just be Kim after this. Where'd Todd go? Oh, he's breaking things. He's uh,
1: working for G. Garrett. <laughs>
0: That is awesome, though. There's so many things that you guys can do. Now, the one thing I have to ask, because this always seems to be a sticking point in terms of uh, like moving companies and things like that, will you haul off pianos?
2: Yep, we do pianos too. Yeah, wow. pianos, hot tubs, boilers, anything like that, we can do. We usually get four guys over there for those for those type of projects.
0: I imagine because those. I oh, mean, I just look at a piano and I'm like, I'm kind of glad that I never learned how to play piano because I don't ever want to have to deal with moving a piano. Mm. Of course, our daughter knows how to play piano, so I might end up there anyway. There will
1: be one in our future. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they're definitely,
2: they're definitely not a favorite amongst the crew to have to remove. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no good way to break it down or to do anything. It's just one wow. big gigantic hunk of metal and wood. Yeah, yeah there's no way around it. They're,
2: they're pretty hefty.
0: So like Kim had mentioned we've used your service a couple of times and uh, your crew always seemed to be very kind of easygoing, upbeat. Uh, so how do you maintain morale in a job that is so physical and I mean it's it's tough. It's not easy work. How do you maintain that morale and that and that kind of teamwork?
2: We do a lot of joking around, you know, there's a lot of, we, keep, we keep a pretty loose atmosphere around here. A lot of the guys have been here for a while so a lot of them get along. There's like a group chat within the company. A lot of guys, you know, you know, it's just a good, there's like incentives. The, plus the guys get a lot of tips out there. So I think when they're on the job site, they're, they're obviously going to, they're going to try to have their best customer service face on to maybe, you know, maximize their opportunity to get a tip. Yeah. I, and all, all those things kind of vary. You know, they're somewhere different every day, so they're not going to get bored all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, it's, it, and so much of that comes down to, you know, to leadership and work environment for, for for jobs Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's easier to go to a job where you're like, yeah, I I enjoy the people I'm working with. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the people I'm working for. So yeah, I can, I can see that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say, you know, as a business owner, what is one of the most important lessons that you've kind of learned over the past few years?
2: Uh, You gotta, you gotta be patient. You know, there's uh you got to, you got to understand that, especially when you have, you know, 64 employees, there's a lot of different personalities, um, you know, so what someone's reality is might not be what your reality is, what someone's goals are aren't what your goals are. And you gotta, you gotta kind of just take that all into account and, and understand, like everyone has a different purpose to be working here. Everyone has different goals and you just gotta, you know, you want the guys to maximize themselves when they're here, but you, you gotta, you gotta understand that some people want to be here more than others. And, and you gotta, you, you gotta just work with that. You know, deal mm-hmm. with a lot of call-outs and frustration and th- from that the management angle of it is the, the, the most lessons of anything which even really has nothing to do with dump guy and trash that's where I've learned the most lessons from the managerial side point of
1: it So more of more having patience and just being flexible
2: right like when I had the first five years I owned this business it was me with one truck and a guy in the passenger seat so there's nothing to worry about you know and now True. now you got you got guys out there in different trucks going different places I mean this guy's working here that I haven't even met you know so it's you you're you relying on a lot of people to represent you, and you got to learn to let some things go. You know, you got mm-hmm. some things just have to be let go. Or you're gonna you're gonna lose your mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, how do you how do you how do you personally do that letting go thing? Because, f- quite honestly, for me, in, in terms of business and in different leadership positions that I've been in, that has always been one of my toughest things. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you manage that for yourself? Um,
2: when it gets to the point that you're like literally getting sick over the stress about stuff, and you got mm-hmm. you got to start delegating. Mm. It, 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 it's hard at first, but when you when you do it, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah, it's huge.
0: Yeah, and the other and another thing about with that is that I meant to ask earlier when we we're talking about services, but you're kind of very fast paced in when and when and how you can get to people. Uh, so I guess two questions are. From when someone calls you to when you're able to get there, how long is that? And also, how far do you guys go? Because you're based here in Scarborough.
2: So as far as we go, um, we actually go as far as, like, Rockingham County, New Hampshire. South, we'll go as far west as, like, say, Bridgeton. And uh, we'll go as far north as, you know, Waterville, Scowhegan. As far as turnaround time, you know, in the winter, when it's a little slower, we can be there, you know, same day, next day, spring, summer, fall, within 72 hours. Uh, The reason why we can do that is because you know, we, we're running so many trucks and trailers on the road and have so many guys out there. It just gives us opportunity to, uh, you know, we, we can turn a lot of work over pretty quick.
0: Wow. And that's and that's huge, too, because a lot of times when... I know for us, the couple of times that we've called, it's it's been, oh, we need to have this done. Like, we should have done it last week. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's give a call and see when they can be here. And it's been like, oh, this is such a lifesaver that very quickly y'all have been able to be there. So that's yeah, been fantastic. That is great that you can work that quick.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean you guys too. It's not like we're like a painting company that you know it's going to take two weeks to paint your house. We can be in and out of there in an hour or two. So we we can do so many more projects just because our line of work doesn't take as long as a lot of other line of work.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. You
1: know. So I want to go back to the growth piece. So you started this company in, in what year was it when you started? Oh, four. 2004. Okay. Yeah, in the fall. So you sta- yeah. Started 2004 in the fall. You were one guy. Yep. With a truck. And then, so how did the growth to where we are today? What is that? What did that picture look like? Can you give us a picture of kind of how you've gotten to be to 64 employees now?
2: The, you know, it's funny. It's the biggest growth happened because of the recession and the housing crash. Mm because in it was one truck right through the end of 08 i probably should have had two trucks in 08 but i i was working some some long days like we're talking like like five in the morning getting home at eight at night ten days mm-hmm. um but it was in 09 the four we started picking up a lot of foreclosures mm-hmm. and what happened is the the residential side of the business started to dwindle a little bit because it, it, you know nobody had any money mm-hmm. and we started doing a ton of these foreclosure cleanouts, which forced me to buy more trucks and hire more guys mm. and the revenue that was coming in from those foreclosures, I was because the residential side was dwindling a little bit and there was actually some more competition at the time because a lot of building contractors were doing junk removal because they weren't building houses. A lot of other mm. contractors were like looking for other things to do because they weren't making any money. So the money from all the foreclosures, I was just dumping into advertising for the residential side. Which, mm-hmm. as, the, as the economy started picking back up, I started seeing, like, major results from that advertising. And before you knew it, you know, coming out of the housing crisis, I started with one truck and I ended with six. And then mm-hmm. from there, just compounding those repeat customers and word of mouth and doing more and more advertising over the years is what propelled it to keep growing and growing. That's
1: fantastic.
0: Do you have a, do you kind of have a metric of when you decide, okay, I need to add another truck or another two trucks or hire so many people, or is it kind of a feel?
2: At this point, I we usually add about three every winter. Now, that's not really adding three routes because some of those trucks are just replacing old ones. Yeah. But by, by consistently adding one to two trucks and trailers to the fleet every year, we're able to keep up with the demand.
1: Huh. That's great. And it's been yeah. that
2: way the last like three or four years. So it's a pretty steady... There was like a, bo- like a big boomer after the housing crisis and like in 2015 there was like a pretty big spike but since then it's been a pretty steady steady increase.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah well I mean if you look around at, at the the storage industry right. and everything else I mean if, if there's one thing that we know is that people have lots and lots stuff. and lots of stuff so there's always a, a need for, to store it to get rid of it to move mm-hmm. it and all that stuff.
2: Oh absolutely absolutely. Yeah
0: so in all of that this is a question that that I'm, I'm going to selfishly say I'm just really curious about this because I, I love these sort of stories. What are some of the strangest items that you've been called to remove?
1: When you first started this out, like, so what were some of the items? Like, someone called you to move a boat.
2: We do boats. Yeah, we haul away boats. You know, you know there's nothing like this. There's nothing that I've ever, like, hauled away that I've been like, wow, is, I, I, we see so much stuff. So it's, yeah. there's nothing that, like, really, like, stands out to me. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just hauled mm-hmm. this away just because you see so much after the first two years of doing this, to be honest with you, I don't even look at what I'm hauling away but except True. for like the raw material yeah. of it. Cause it's, it's my main focus at the time was just to get the job done and get to the next job, not to like mm-hmm. repurpose it or take in what I was doing. A lot of that's why it would be a better question for my guys. Cause when the guys first start out, they all start doing that. And then after six months, they're the same. They just stop caring about what they're on because you see the same stuff. every. You know, you see so much mm-hmm. over and over every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now, that is about, true. Yeah, I can see and that. And I think you might've said this too. So, I mean, there's so many things that you remove. So what about even like job sites? You, you said you do commercial job sites. So from yeah. like builders and things like that, if, if someone's building a home and they've got, you know, all this extra stuff, you guys will actually go and remove that stuff as well. Oh yeah. We
2: do a lot of like, and a, a lot of like, you know, a lot of like contractors will get a dumpster because they're going to need that dumpster to be on site for, you mm-hmm. know, 60 to 90 days, which would make sense. But there's mm-hmm. some contractors, like the ones in downtown Portland, they have to use us a lot because they can't get a dumpster in there. So they'll call us two, huh. or three, two or three times a week to come clean up the mess, you know, from, from their demo. Or there's some contractors that they can get a dumpster in there, but because the stuff's on the sixth floor, they don't want to deal with it. So they call us and we're lugging construction debris down, down an elevator. Wow! So we, we yeah. can do that stuff too. We do a lot of that.
0: I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, this like if you're doing something in downtown Portland. Right there is, there's nowhere you're going to put a dumpster.
2: Right. Right. So a lot of contractors in downtown Portland do use us. And even the ones that can get a dumpster, like I said, they don't want they don't want to be paying their guys that are, you know, professional contractors to be lugging demo debris down six flights of stairs or down an elevator.
0: Oh
1: yeah, right. definitely. Makes yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. So we always like to ask this in just, we're, we're really curious about how, do you define success? Because everyone def- defines success differently. And I know that can change over time too. So like, you know, as of, you know, this moment, how would you say you define success?
2: Um, being able to have a business that's, um, you know, having, serving a purpose, it's serving a need. Uh, people are happy to, you know, have have a service be there and to be able to have a group of employees that not only are, are working for the company, but you're able, you know, because of this business, are able to have a life that they want to have as well. I'd say that's, a, mm. that's, that, that's my definition at this point. It wouldn't have been my definition yeah. when I first started out, but it is now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That's great. Well, I mean, at the first, at first, you were just looking for something to do.
2: Exactly. I was looking for something to do, then it became trying to make money, then it became trying to, you know, everything, everything you know, as you get older, what you want from it just becomes different.
0: Yeah, and it's I mean, so- I, I was kind of joking around about, you know, being able to, you know, get the, the satisfaction out of that, but the satisfaction from... You know, seeing doing something for people and mm-hmm. and like you're saying, servicing a need mm-hmm. and and providing a service that people are they're they're looking for mm-hmm. and that is going to help them. That's that is huge, and that that is a huge part of that gratification. I would mm-hmm. imagine
2: it does feel good when you're at like a job site and like someone's like has to be out of their house like that weekend and like they think they're just absolutely screwed, and you, and you can come in that day and, and you know bail it out. You can tell how happy they are about everything.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be such a load off for people, both yeah. both mentally and just physically for all this stuff to be gone. For I sure. I know that the last when we moved recently, yeah. seeing empty rooms was such a beautiful thing. <laughs> I've never for been sure. so happy to see an an empty room an empty garage. It was it was fantastic mm-hmm. to get oh, to that yeah. point. For uh, sure. So another question that we always like to ask is uh about inspiration because I think that everybody uh, everybody needs to be inspired by something or someone to do what they're doing and, and to keep showing up each day. So who or what inspires you?
2: Um, what inspires me to do this each and every day? To continue to grow the business and set the company up for, you know, technically, you know, a, f- a future generation to, you know, down the road to take it over and, you know, be able to see this company grow and grow over the years. I guess that, that would be the biggest motivation for me each, each day.
1: To leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah.
2: So eventually, you know, be able to retire and have someone take it over and be mm-hmm. able to take it from there.
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's also a good feeling when you when you are able to look at, you know, all the people that you you have as employees and, like you said, to to, to help them have the life that they want and to you know mm-hmm. put food on their table. That's that's got to be a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, I, as I well. have a lot
2: of employees that you know have bought their own houses in the last couple of years, and it, it makes me feel good to see that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah I mean I, I I can imagine waking up every day knowing that you get to be part of that that you're kind of living part of this purpose to to be able to help and have that ripple effect of what you've created and all that hard work to sit back and see that that's going to be that's going to be gratifying.
2: Oh, 100 percent, absolutely.
0: Well, Garrett, thank you so much for taking time out of your a very busy day to to talk with us and uh, mm-hmm. share your story and and just the success you've had and the the growth that you've had in your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be sure to put a link to your website and also a phone number where folks can get a hold of you. And uh, once again, just thank you so much for, yes, for talking with so us, much. and uh, we wish you continued success. Yes,
2: awesome. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. And I, you know, you're you're. Um, Keep It Local Magazine has been a, been a part of the growth for this company the last three or four years as well. So I appreciate that. that Yay.
1: Job. Thank you. Yep. It has been <laughs> thank our you so pleasure. Much. It has been our pleasure for sure. Definitely.
0: Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Gorham Savings Bank, and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.